talk about today is, is uh, going and playing with feeling, but I, my goal is that you all walk out of here thinking a little bit harder and with maybe some new ideas about playing more expressively, whatever it is that you do. Are, there, are we out of anything, all the outlines on? Um, so, I want to take just a few minutes and let's talk about what that is. What is, what is expressive play? What makes it up? What, when you hear someone play, you, you have an opinion. And I hear people say all the time, oh, they play with such feeling. So, what does that mean? Um, one lady made a comment to me. She said, "You don't act like you're performing. They they see it as just somebody up there just playing straight and putting no feeling at all into it. Like a, I call it worship if I do church music." You, are you saying the visual of seeing somebody? Yeah, this like is what the comments are made. You know, if you play a certain way, they'll say you don't look like you're just. You're just reading the music and playing, you know, or if you're playing something, you're not like you're performing, you're kind of like worshiping if I'm doing a prayer. You're worshiping as you play. So you're saying that your your demeanor being more calm. Well, yeah, more calm and more, um, <laughs> oh, no, I give up. I can't describe it. <laughs> I know, but I'm not doing it. <laughs> right. right. You're, well, you're engaged in it. Right. You're you're in right. the moment. Yeah, we'll we'll right. talk about that. That's that is the hardest thing I think any of us have to deal with is the the and I call it yesterday the rats in our head. You know, the when you sit down to play, suddenly you start thinking about the laundry or the, what you have to do, or you start questioning as you play. You're now. This is why I did not become a concert pianist because I was never able to stop analyzing the past and the future. I could not be present. I would play something and I would start thinking about what I just played. Or, God forbid, if you miss a note. The rest of the, the you know, for ten measures, that's all you can think about. And you realize, what did I do during those ten measures? I don't know. Because I was thinking about that measure three. And then maybe you're spending time anticipating you're a little nervous and you're worried about something that's coming up. The hard part, the passage on page four. And as a performer, sometimes I make the mistake of looking at the audience or the congregation, and you start trying to read them, right? Yeah, I wonder what they thought of that. And if you see someone with a scowl, they may not be scowling at you, but you think they are. So, because we, we performers, we're very, we have very fragile egos, you know. We wouldn't be sitting there if we didn't need some kind of approval. Uh, we, we, we want to give them something good. And I 
got too concerned with what I was doing. I realized I can't do this. That was when I was in my 20s. Uh, as I've gotten older, I've learned to push the world out much more. There's a wonderful book. Uh, well, there are a couple. But the, I've mentioned this several times. The Inner Game of Music. If, if you run across it, it will help you if that's one of your things. Um, the, the lady, what's your name? Kathy. I don't know. Uh, the one Linda? in Paris. Oh, oh yeah. It says Paris. Uh, Linda? Linda. Uh -huh. As Linda mentioned, she feels like uh, she's being expressive when she's pushed everything else out and she's just in the moment yeah. and present. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think, that's a very good thing if you're, if you're making notes, what constitutes emotional play? Being in the present. Being present. What else? What else makes playing emotional? Well, I feel like if I'm playing um, like a chem arrangement or something like that, if I can play it so that I feel like the audience is bringing to mind the words mm -hmm. while I'm playing, like, oops, mm -hmm. sorry, then I feel like that's emotional play, expressive feeling. Very, very good point. If you look on the second page, we're, uh, we'll spend some time talking about various strategies to, to try to see if your playing goes a little bit deeper. And one of them is number, number four, Strive to entrain with the audience. Join with them. Be one with them. Take them on a journey. You're not playing to them. You're with them. And that, to your point, if they are singing the text in their head, you're, you're taking them somewhere. You're with them. They're, they're not just listening to it. They're involved in it. They're going with you wherever you're going. And the text is key to that, and especially if you're playing a hymn arrangement. We have a great advantage when we play hymn arrangements, especially the familiar tunes, because we can paint the text that they have in their head. And we're gonna, we're gonna actually do that. Good. What else? What else makes beautiful expressive play? It's not mechanical. Okay. It breathes. There's, there's flexibility to it. Um, when I play and when I think I play only for God, and then it's really totally different. Not for the audience, not for the congregation, but for God only. And then I, I can taste it, and I found out oh, there's some people that are crying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because I worship God myself first, and then just uh, people get touched, I don't know. Somehow, right, exactly. You know? Well, you're doing exactly what she was talking yeah. about. You're, you're in, you're inside the music and and you know I think anytime you can lose yourself in a moment of music you are connecting with God you know, even if you're not consciously saying I'm worshiping God that giving up everything else in the world not thinking about anything other than this glorious sound this beautiful creation music is such a gift you know and, and to experience it and then know that you're you're giving that to other people. Such a good feeling. What else? So we're in the moment, we're expressive, we're breathing, we're not mechanical. We're expressing the text if it's a hymn arrangement. Listen. Listening? Listening. 
I found out because some I have a couple of pianists uh, in church, and then then they really the pianists really listen to their playing, and then uh, the Korean version will listen to when they just <laughs> just yeah. play, and then. You've heard people play, and you, you get the sense they're just not paying attention to what they're doing. <laughs> you know, the notes are right, the dynamics are right, but you're not compelled. That's what I want to talk about today. How can you compel people? How can you pull them towards you? What are the tools for that? Anybody have any other broad stroke things that make up this wonderful expression, this playing beautiful. Think of singing. Singing. Singing the line or the text. Because the human voice is like no other instrument. And if you can if you can cause the piano to feel that way, the music will grow richer. To do that, you have to do it. You have to sing it. Singers have to breathe. Exactly. <laughs> we don't have to, but right. our music suffers if we don't. Right, we're going to talk exactly about that. Good. Being one with the piano, sing yourself as part of the instrument. Connecting with the instrument. Any other? Any other? Now think about the specifics. Um, we've, we've talked about sort of the, the large uh, aspects of this, but what are the little things that will now happen if you are more expressive? What's going to, or some of the things, like for instance, your dynamic palette is going to expand if you're being expressive. Your softs are going to be softer, your louds are going to be louder, there's going to be more breadth in the play. It will breathe more. Naturally. What other things? Tone colors. Tone colors, exactly. Legato, staccato, you know, articulations. Everything will take on a little bit more color and a little bit more meaning and depth if you are being expressive. Or if we're comparing two pianists, say, this one's expressive, this one isn't. The one who's expressive is going to have a thousand degrees from staccato to legato. Mm -hmm. The one who's not is either going to be playing it smooth or choppy. You know? The same way with dynamics. Over here, glorious palette of dynamics and used in interesting ways. Over here, it's all that's all forte. Or it might move like this, but it doesn't move like this. That's what you want to get to. All right, how do you get there? I love this quote by Isaac Stern, technique is not music, although it's important. Music is the thousandth of a millisecond between one note and another. How you get from one to the other, that's where the music is. And that is so true. That's what makes the difference in this pianist. In this pianist is how they travel from one note to the other. Barry Green says there are ten pathways to mastering this concept of being expressive. Communication. You, you're, you're aware that you are communicating something to God, to the audience. Courage. 
sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to, if it's a hard piece, you know, you can lose your courage quickly. Discipline, that's a tough one. Basically boils down to practicing. Fun. I think, I, I hear a lot of pianists and I think, they wouldn't be any fun to go out and have dinner with. <laughs> you know, there's just such a dryness about it. And then you'll hear somebody else, you'll hear or see someone else, playing is beautiful, they, they look engaged, and maybe they smile every once in a while. But you just get a sense that they're loving what they're doing. This person, you're not sure. This person loves it, you can clearly see it. Fun. Passion, well we know what that is. You know. Really giving into it. Tolerance. Concentration, that's tough. But that's important, crucial. Confidence. We all fall short there. Ego and humility. You have to have both. You have to have some ego. You have to care about your performance, or it won't be good. But you also have to be humble. About it. It's not for you. It's, as, as this young lady back here said, in church we're playing, it's a gift to our Creator. It's not, it's not about us, it's a gift to our Creator. Consequently, we are in training with the congregation, and they're getting a gift from the music. So, you as the giver are just filling the world with this gift. And that is a humbling experience. How many times have you played something in church and you were not even paying much attention to what you did? You did okay. You didn't think about it again. You just got your job done. Somebody comes up to you after the service with tears in their eyes. And they tell you how much that meant to them. That happens to me all the time. Things that I think were just mediocre at best. I wanted to tell you, I played This Is My Father's World, because living in East Texas, we just, there's so much nature. This lady came up just crying, and I thought, oh, that's so old, it wasn't contemporary, some, you know, nobody has to play it, but I just found it, and I thought it was very simple, there's a lot of elderly in the church. That was the most popular thing I played in a long time, very simple. And um, she reminded her of her childhood and her camp, and you made a connection. And I looked up one time, and some lady was just no telling what she's thinking about her child. It's so simple. It, was it? A, were you just playing from the hymn, hymnal? No, or was an arrangement? no, it was just a little arrangement. I don't even know whose it was. It was. It's funny you said that because I was. This is what I was about to go into. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that was the most comments of all things you could pull out. Just. Well, to me, that's that's one of the joys of being in ministry and in music ministry mm -hmm. is the the knowledge that you are you are giving to someone. Mm -hmm. They're gonna someone is gonna walk away with a blessing, uh, and you may not know who it is. You may never know about that. But for for every one person who comes up and tells you, there are probably a hundred who don't, mm -hmm. who have a moving experience because of what you do. So. Today, we want to learn to push for more, uh, expect more of ourselves, and that's the word we're going to use a lot of, more. Figure out what you're doing that's good, and do more. 
it's pretty much as simple as that. But it causes, it, uh, not causes, it requires being intentional. So asking yourself, especially when you're practicing, how can I do more? How can I make this bigger, richer, deeper? So on page two, I've listed, and these come from a variety of sources. Some of them I made up, and some of them uh, other people much smarter than me have coined these phrases. One, one thing you can do to bring richness to your playing is make more notes on the music. Remember when you were studying music and your teacher would write all these things on the, on the page? I've got some scores from when I first started working on Bach and Mozart, and they are marked to high heaven. I had a teacher who wrote, I swear there was a five or six marks every measure, how to treat this note. And I think good teachers do that. And then we sort of take our music to church, we open it up and we play, don't we? Have you really looked at all of the little things along the way that you can do? Have you? You will now. <laughs> Describing the intent of each phrase or section. Creating a journey line that is reflective of the form. Will you look on your, uh, at, at your other hand now? Here's what I would like to do. There's a page that is, has a, a no title at the top. Looks like this. Where did you find it? Four flats. Yeah, four flats. Look at line two and uh, somebody tell me what this tune is. You see the melody? What is it? What's the hymn? Yeah. The old rugged cross. <laughs> it's it's a little bit disguised, but there it is. All right, I'm going to play this for you. I'm going to play it like I would play if I weren't paying too much attention to what I was doing. It won't be hopefully bad. I'm going to pick up into that. They're going to hear, and I'll cherish the old rugged cross, da da, till my trophy. You know it, right? So, I, uh, one of the things you can do is write the text in the arrangement that you're playing. 
force yourself to sing it in your head as you go. But let's go a little further than that. In the line, so I'll cherish the old rugged cross. What word is the most important? It may be different. For, there, there's no right or wrong answer to this. Cherish. cherish. That's the one I picked. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross. So if I look at the notes that relate to cherish, and maybe circle them or underline, I'm gonna I'm gonna be conscious of that as being important as I approach it, and I might play more like this. cherishing that moment mm -hmm. a little bit more. The old rugged cross, that is a dark moment in history, isn't it? So under the word rugged, I'll look for the darkness and bring it out. There's a little bit of dissonance in this chord, rugged. Not a lot, but that's a darker chord than a lot that are around it, so. If I push that note out right there, it darkens the chord. So now I'm cherishing. It's okay to bring other notes out sometimes besides the melody. Till my trophies, at last I laid down. What could I do with that to paint that text perfectly? When you lay down, what happens? You relax when you lay down. You slow down when you lay down. You just, all right, so. Hear the difference? I lay down. In the next line, I will cling to the old rugged cross. What's the verb? What's important? I will cling. Well, if you cling, you don't want to let go, do you? That's what that means. So I'm not. I'm gonna really try to not let go of that note. And I was clinging there and exchange it someday. Now I don't finish the phrase in this arrangement, but if I did, that's the most positive thought yet exchange it someday for a crown. And the word crown would be what I wanted to paint. Crown being heaven, right? So let me think about all that as best I can and play it for you again.
more clinging, more rugged, more laying down. so much that it makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's important to keep the thoughts connected, to not stop unless necessary. The other thing that you do when you're singing the text is you breathe. Where, where would you breathe in this? So I'll cherish the old rugged cross. You breathe there. Till my trophies at last I lay down. You're going to breathe. Now I'm going to play this and not think about that other stuff. I'm going to think about breathing. To do that, I'm going to sing it in my head. So, it's not going to break anybody's heart if you decide that this phrase should be louder than piano and so forth. And so I challenge you to, to look at the music and don't just be satisfied with, um, look on your, look at Just As I Am. 
That's a two-pager. The two that looks uh, pretty open. There's not a lot of instruction on here for you um, in terms of dynamics. I, some arrangers put a lot of information into the score. Um, some famous composers gave you a lot of instruction. Have you ever played Debussy and looked at his scores? And it's so intricate about what he wants you to do. Um, but when you play Debussy and you learn it, it sounds really rich and Debussy-like, doesn't it? Because of all those instructions. So take the time with a piece of music sometimes and give yourself much more instruction. We're going to do, do that quickly. And I'm going to let you tell me what to do. And there's no right or wrong here. We just want to make it more colorful, more rich, by the use of expression marks. That's what I'm talking about. Softs, louds, retards, so forth and so on. So it's mezzo piano at the beginning. Idea, but in a different harmonic uh -huh. right? could you do that that's unfortunate 
that's so forte, good. But let's go a little further. Let's put a crescendo into mezzo forte, beginning on those eighth notes. Da da da, instead of starting mezzo forte. This is the kind of thing I'm looking for. Little internal shadings. We're shading the piece now. We're not, it's, we've built it already. We can play it. Now let's shade it. On those first two measures, you can do like a hairpin up to the E, yep. the C, the C, D, E, and then come back down. Right, exactly. And then come back down. Ah, good. So you're, t you're talking about actually coloring the phrase like this. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I didn't really make much conscious effort to do that. So if I'm going to do it there, why not I do it every time? Yeah. Because the phrase moves up, da 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 da, and moves down. All right. What else can I do? How would you? How would you do that? At the end of the phrase, take off. So mm -hmm. move each phrase. Yeah. Maybe not every phrase, because that would. I think we should move every phrase I, in this in this case. Because I was thinking, I think we're on the same wavelength. Like, like, take a little breath mark there. Mm -hmm. Breathing, mm -hmm. breathing mm -hmm. between between the phrases. That will cause me to taper them rhythmically. If I'm going to breathe, I'm going to have to slow down and put some space. So I'm going to put a breath mark, like a choral breath mark, mm -hmm. at the end of those slurs. That is implied already with the slurs. That, that tells me to do that. But I'm, I'm reminding myself to really do it. Because we look at slurs all the time and ignore them. We just, we don't mm -hmm. consciously think this is a phrase. We just play it. <laughs> so now this is forcing me, all right? What else? Any other ideas? The second line, that third measure, that suspension could really be brought out. The C to the B. Mm, I like that. Now you're thinking. How can I bring out, what are the different ways I can bring out a note? Let's talk about that for a second. If you want to make, stress a note in a line of music, what, are the, what do you do? Make it louder or longer. Louder or longer. Or softer. Or softer. So dynamics, you, you make the dynamic different from the notes around it. That's one thing. Or delay, delay it so that you play behind the beat. Delay it. Who knows what that's called? That's what I was, exactly what I was looking for. An agogic accent. Are you familiar with this? Accenting a note or bringing it out by putting a little extra space. Just a little bit of extra time. So instead of that, if I wanted to I mean I'm exaggerating for you, but that's you hear you hear good musicians do this all the time. Uh, they'll find the note that they want to bring to you and they'll force you the line is going along. And then they, they stop just long enough to make you go, you do it just a little bit. 
but that's what pulls you to that note, and it makes you remember it as being accent. Well, let's see if I can bring some of this into the into play here. Dynamic shading within a dynamic is important, and you have to consciously think about it. In other words, this passage is piano that's coming up, and I want the overall uh, effect of this to be soft. But if you play every note soft, it's pointless. It has no color. So you want to find the things to put a little bit more onto, and usually it's the melody. So the melody is going to be a little louder than soft, and everything else around it is going to be a little softer than soft. And when you practice to, to achieve that, you must exaggerate. So... Of calling attention to ourselves. 
So it just gets very, very beige. Yeah. But we're doing a disservice to the congregation and to God. We're not making it good. No. Make it make it reach them. So don't be afraid to play a little stronger if it says strong. I would. Well, I'm going to play this one more time and then we're going to go somewhere else. But I'll see if I can emote my most. Use this piano a little bit. something to, especially if it's in three or four, if you want it to lilt, if you want it to pull people along, you want to think in one. You want, it's like the bounce, the ball bounces, dun, 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 tennis ball going on. Gives it buoyancy, even if it's very slow, to still think in one. That's what I was doing. Dun, 